This conversation is brought to you in part by Shift Creative. Start shifting. With promotional consideration from Volcano Produce. Well, hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. I don't know what time it is in your world, but I hope whatever time it is, it's a good damn day. That is my goal. I wake up every morning thinking that to this world. Like, God, I hope we can have a good day as a planet today. Wouldn't that be great? Every day was a good day as a planet. God, so many things we could accomplish. I don't even know what to think. That's such a profound thought. I don't even know what to say about that now, Paige. I'm like over my, I'm already over my skis in my <laughs> optimism about this world. I'm super excited you guys are here. We got a great show for you. It's May, it's Mother's Day, it's flowers, it's about giving, it's about showing the love to the person on this planet that should mean a lot to everybody, your mom, giving it back a little bit. Mother's Day is right around the corner. I thought, what a better great, you know, what a great way to talk about Mother's Day, get into it. Let's talk about flowers and the floral business a little bit, because nobody likes to talk about the stepchild that is the floral department, but I want to talk about that. Paige wants to talk about that, so we're going to get into it today. I've got a great guest with me from a great retailer in Southern California that I'm a huge fan of. I shop at. I love this store. I love what they represent. I love the story behind this store. It's a true American dream. Uh, you have an immigrant coming into this country who started this store back in 1985. They've got 53 stores now throughout Southern California, through California, I should say, not Southern California. You guys expanded, no doubt. Enrique Gonzalez has built a hell of a good company, and I am a huge fan of what they do. I'm a fan of being in their stores. I love the vibe that you guys give off, and I thought, hey, you got a great floor department. I'm calling Paige. We're going to get her on the show. We're going to chat this up a little bit. So please, everybody, welcome the director of floor, our floor director, whatever direction you want to call that, from VR to supermarkets. Please, everybody, give it up for Paige Venable. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Me too. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. I owe you say that now. Say that at the end and I'll feel good. <laughs> That's my wish. Just say that at the end. That's all that matters. Now, I, I'm super excited that you're here because, you know, floral is such a big part of the grocery retail business, floral is a big business period in this country. It's a big global monster that's out there. And I don't think people recognize the power, how much money's out there in floral. So I'm yeah. looking forward to getting into the weeds a little bit. That was a floral joke. I said, getting into the weeds. I'm working at Paige. I'm working hard right now. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, trying to I, I'm telling you, Paige, I've worked up some damn good material for this show. Trust me. <laughs> but I'm really excited that you're here. And again, if you wouldn't mind, just tell me a little bit about your journey in bio and how the hell I roped you into hanging out with me today. <laughs> well, my name's Paige Venable. Um, I came up, I, I actually, how I got into this business is kind of weird. Um, I had an extremely misspent youth. Um, and I really, I was just looking for a job and, um, and a wonderful store director named Bob Peterson over at Ralph's. He gave me my, my, my first real responsible job. I was 30. Um, and he gave me the floral manager job over at a very busy store. When I got in there, um, 280 over in Marina Del Rey. Shout out to 280. There you go. Um, it was uh, it, it was wonderful. But we were in the back, and it was it was an old store. It just come off being an alpha beta, and it it was really it was a great store. They did the remodel. They put us in front, and I was there for my entire career. I was there for seven years. Um, wow. You know, I learned everything. Everything that I know today, I learned through coming up through the stores. I just, yeah. uh, I, I knew nothing, you know, in the beginning, there was a, a ton of flowers that I would throw in the trash because I thought that they had arrived dead. I didn't know anything about wet pack. I didn't know anything about dry pack. I just, I really was, <laughs> I was a mess and they really, they just let me flourish and grow. And, and I worked my way up there. And when the opportunities started to peter out, I, uh, you know, I, I moved over to Whole Foods, um, and, and God bless them. They, they were amazing. It was like taking everything I'd learned over at Ralph's and just 
you know, letting it loose because they were very loosey goosey back then. I was at the stores for a year there, um, you know, and you could kind of buy from anybody. Somebody could walk up with like an armful of flowers and say, you know, I grew these in my backyard. Do you want to buy them? And it, and it was really crazy. We just a really dynamic time. And after a year, um, you know, I had every intention of moving up. And after a year, the buyer left and, um, and he said, you know, I think you're the person that can do this job. And, and from there, you know, I, I, I did that job for 12 years. I absolutely loved Whole Foods. And then, um, you know, Vallarta was looking for, <clears throat> for a floral buyer and, um, and, you know, and I, I interviewed for the position. I actually had no intention of leaving Whole Foods. I just kind of wanted to see what was out sure. there. And, sure. You know, and then I, I, I met ownership over at Vallarta, who are absolutely wonderful people. And I saw the way that their floral program currently was. And I knew that I really could come in and make a huge impact. And that's like, don't we all want that professionally? Absolutely. You know, we, all, we all want to put our mark on the world. And so, you know, I, I, I've been at Vallarta now for um, for almost six years. Um, I absolutely love it there. Uh, really, really dynamic, wonderful stores. Um, exceptional clientele. Uh, really great team members. It's it's a great company. But um, yeah, so I've been doing this for uh, twenty five years now. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, and and I've I've had really what people call luck. I'm just brave, but you know, <laughs> um, I've had exceptional luck. You know, I've I've switched companies at the right time, and I've gone in the right direction, always at the right time, and um, and I'm really grateful for that. And 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 so this is what we're building over at Viarta is a culmination of that. I you love know? it. We're really, uh, it, you know, I've been really fortunate this year. I've been able to um, to hire some people who I consider, you know, make up my dream team. And uh, and we're really, really starting to affect big change in the stores. And I'm, I'm just really, really pleased with it. Um, the customers are excited and, and you know, everybody's really engaged. And, mm-hmm. and, and we're really starting to, to sort of uh, be able to do these things that I always thought, you know, God, I really want to do that, but there's always these kind of constraints and, and, uh, and, and that's not, not the deal now. Now I'm really able to sort of think of programs and think of things in a new way. And, and if it makes sense, you know, it's easy to get sign off and to move forward in those areas. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you said something, I got to come back around on touch. you talked about getting lucky and I think a lot of it has to do with the path that we walk, right? We make choices yeah. on our path, right? You made a choice to go to that. You didn't really want to go to that. Wouldn't really, it's like I went to it, but I didn't really care yeah. that much. And then yeah. look what you've done. And now look where you're at because I talk a little bit, if you wouldn't just more specifically about what all you're responsible for, you know, floral wise, at Viarta, if you wouldn't mind, just to give that a little frame up for everybody. Sure. When I first, when I first got to um, Viarta, it was just cut flowers and plants. That was my sort of um, my box, you know, anything that had to do with, uh, with live and, and, and cut floral. Um, now I'm also in charge of the balloons and the greeting cards that um, I've had that for uh, in Mother's Day. It'll be a year that I've had those. Um, we have doubled the sales in that. Uh, it just is a natural marriage you know, the balloons, especially, you know, it really, um, we're able to really give the customer what they want. um, And we're, you know, we have personnel. And that's the difference between us and sort of the GM departments is like, we have personnel here who can take care of you. If you need something, we can help you with it. So I love it. Yeah, no, it well, being a shopper of the store, knowing firsthand what it's like to walk in. I mean, it's again, it's an incredibly impressive store. I mean, it, it is a melting pot of clientele. There's no two ways about it. it is it is a Hispanic store by nature, quote unquote, whatever you there, but 
it is as diversified as any grocery store I've ever been in. There's all walks of life walking through there doing their shopping, which is a testimonial, I think, to how nice the stores are and what an impact you guys are having, especially in the communities that you're in. Uh, there's no two ways about it. But I want to get back in a little bit and talk about flowers because flowers is, you know, as I did some research for our time together, like I do with all my shows, like, okay, what do I want to learn? What, what don't I know? Right. I kind of like, well, shit, I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, I was blown away. You know, flowers are a massive deal. I mean, it's a $41 billion global market. Mm -hmm. Roses make up about $14 billion, just of that number. Um, flowers in the United States, pushing over $8 billion, at mm -hmm. least in sales. And one of the things that really surprised me, and I don't know why this baffled me so much or why this was such, you know, my small pea brain just absorbed it down, I guess. But there's like over 33,000 florists just in the United States alone. I mean, yeah. I think you got, quite frankly, I think you're beating it's Starbucks. It's a huge industry. It's, it's a massive. huge industry. Yeah. It's massive. It really, really is. Yeah. It's so surprising. And it's, and again, you know, and I think so much when you think about retail and you think about the fruit and vegetable side of this business, which, you know, they're connected at the hip because most retailers, you know, have floral that's connected to produce in some way, somehow it's usually kind of cross-pollinated. Look, yep. I did it again. I'm coming in hot <laughs> with these jokes. All these day, puns all right. are just never ending. I they're got to, never hey, ending. Got two shows on Thursday, tried the deal and don't forget to tip the waitress, right? But, you know, when I get into it, I started looking at, you know, Valentine's Day obviously is a big holiday. That's the biggest one floral wise, about 36% of sales in this country. And Mother's Day comes up as number two at 28%. That's two big, big days right there, which has to be crazy. I mean, I know when I drive by during those holidays, some of the flower shops, I mean, it's just chaos. I'm sure it can't be any less chaos for you guys. So one of the things that, that, interests me when I started digging into this, and I want to get your perspective on this as I kind of frame up the size and scope of the market, is that flowers is no doubt a massive international business. The same thing as fruit and vegetables, and probably even more so in some ways in this country than fruits and vegetables in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So for like Valentine's Day and for Mother's Day, you know, the U.S. imports like 79% of its flowers just to cover the demand, which is yeah. massive. And I'm assuming roses are a big part of that. So yeah. my very first question with all that big global frame up of what we're dealing with, how do you manage global supplies from your side? Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to Toddversations. This episode is sponsored by Shift Creative. Shift Creative brings a fresh approach to design and marketing. Shift's team of expert designers and strategists create content that connects and engages. Our clients are a collaborative part of our process, working directly with the creative team to build their award-winning projects. Specializing in branding, messaging, packaging, marketing, and websites with decades of experience serving the food, agricultural, service, and tech industries, Shift can help your brand to tell its story. Visit StartShifting.com to get started. Make a difference with your marketing. Freshen up with Shift Creative. It's really interesting. I myself, there's a lot of people that sort of choose to do that work themselves. They get themselves a nursery license and they get an import license and they do all that. I choose not to do any of that. Um, uh, in this day and age, most um, most suppliers are also importers, um, especially rose vendors. There is no rose vendor that's not an importer. So, um, so right. what I do with my importing, um, I because a lot of the stuff that's not roses, for Viagra, roses are our number one item. It's, sure period, you know, and what's more interesting is it's red roses, which is not, that is not true throughout the rest of the industry or throughout the rest of the industry. You know, normally you will mix up your cases, for instance, you know, you will mix them up five color and two red, 
when you're buying them for a retail organization. We're the opposite. We buy five red and two color in our cases. And our, it's just consistently our number one item. So what I do, the rest of the things that are imported, I just tack them with my rose vendor. It's just so much easier for me to just deal sure. with that and not, not have to handle all of that logistically. If I find items that I want that, let's say, come from Holland or come from Mexico or something that's coming from Chile or, or whatever, if I find those items, I normally tip off my rose vendor and I say, I'm interested in this and this and this and this. Can you check out some pricing for me? And I let them do that work, you know? Sure. Um, I really view the industry as a whole as a partnership. You know, I mean, you'll hear me. I use euphemisms all the time. I'm, I'm just constantly have my own little sayings. And so, like I always say, like a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's like for me, I want other retailers to do well. I want other vendors to do well. I want everybody. I want people. I want people stealing my ideas and using them. I'm going to steal other people's ideas and use them. I want us all to get better because when you improve, I improve, right. you know, and so like all of my vendor relationships are truly partnerships, you know, like I, like I've worked with the same vendors for many, many years. I'm always open to new vendors. When I came to Viarta, I brought on some new vendors I'd never worked with before. Um, but for the most part, everybody that I've used, uh, everybody that I use now, I've used throughout my um, career because it's not, it's pretty much when you find somebody who can give you good product, that's not the whole equation, right? No, 100% not. Is, are you going to get it to me? Is it going to arrive, you know, in temp? Is it going to have traveled well? You know, are you going to guarantee it? Are you going to put your money where your mouth is if it's not okay? You know, all of those things. So that's how I develop all of my partnerships. But I myself just don't manage the, um, the importing part. It's just, you know... When I was a buyer, it was like a whole different thing. You're just buying, sure. you know, and there's people above you in a corporation that are making all the bigger decisions and the larger decisions. There's some stuff that gets done, you know, at a global office, et cetera, et cetera. But like in my position, you know, I'm the director, but I'm doing all of the little teeny tiny moving parts. So I really have to be very conservative about where my attention is focused on. So anything that I'm currently doing that someone else can do, I need to figure out a way that I'm not doing that a year from now. So hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's, that's, that's absolutely the trajectory you want to take. You don't want to be bogged yeah. down. And, okay. and to be, and to be fair though, you know, look, you've got an amazing array of airports at your disposal between LAX, Ontario. I mean, it's a big hub for flights going all around the world. I mean, you can go to India from LAX, you can go to China, you can go anywhere in Europe yep. from LAX. I mean, it brings the world to you. And I will tell you that my importer, you know, we were the first ones doing this with uh, with my importer. We did it in my last, you know, um, tenure over at Whole Foods is, is that while everybody else back in the day was still uh, flying into Miami, all right. roses, you know, for those who don't know this, all roses are normally flown into Miami and then they're trucked across the country, country right. to different parts of the country. And that's mostly because Miami has a really, really good entry point. Mm -hmm. You know, they um, they have excellent, you know, agriculture inspectors. They have they have an excellent process over there. And it's hard to beat that. But we're in California and we have LAX right here. So sure. my rose vendor started flying into um, into L.A. probably. I would say 15 or 17 years ago when no one yeah. was doing that. 
Yeah. It, really, it cuts a week off of the um off of the time of the travel. I mean, you really want when you want the freshest possible product, that's the way to do it. And and you know, in the beginning it was really, really rough. We got some subpar product because of course ag here is not the same as over in it's Miami. Not- you know, it took a while for them to catch up, but now, now other importers are doing the same thing. And there's roses being flown into LA, which again, rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah, 100%. Better, we do it different and we, you know, we perfect this process and now we've got other rose vendors doing well, it. I, and I love what you say about that page, because, you know, I, I say this all the time on, on the, on the other side of the equation was fruit and vegetable size. Like, look, our number one goal, everybody's goal should be the same, which is to increase consumption. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Because if we can increase consumption of floral, we increase consumption of fruits and vegetables, exactly. increase consumption of, you know, healthy drinks and good school nutrition, all these other things. Everybody gets lifted up. Right. And that's, you know, back exactly. to what I said in the beginning, it's that, that that moment every day when I sit there and go, God, I hope the world has a good day today. Right. Yeah. And those are those things I think about that are so incredibly important. Talk to me a little bit, though, because I want to stay on the supply side conversation for another second. Obviously, the last couple of years, you know, we had this thing called COVID. I don't know if you heard about it, but, um, you know, supply issues have been real. Exactly. Supply (laughs) issues have been real. What has it taught you, you know, having gone through that now for the last couple of years? Because you got affected, too. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because I've been through a lot in this industry. You know, I went through 9-11 and I went through the housing market crash. and, And if you think those things don't affect floral, then it's not true. Like everything, when people stop purchasing, they stop purchasing everything. And so, right. you know, I've been through all of that and I developed skills. I'm so grateful for that because I developed a lot of skills to try and learn how to, you know, what's the breaking negotiating point? You know, how do you get a better deal without hurting the other person? You know, how do you, how do you, you know, figure out partnerships where you can help each other out, how you do all these things? What, because the whole entire industry is suffering, right? Right. You can't be, you know, you can't be the anvil that's pushing everybody down. You need to, you need to find a way to keep this industry alive. Right. So COVID was a perfect example of that. You know, a lot of the big retailers just turned off the tap. They just stopped selling floral, you know, and that's, that's huge. That's a big deal because when you've got the big guys that are no longer purchasing, you know, you've got all these farms suddenly that are sitting on not only cased up product, that's not going anywhere, they've right. got fields and fields and fields of flowers that they're not going to pay somebody to harvest. Mm-mm. Why would they do that? Same as produce. I mean, identical story. Yeah. So, yeah. so what happened during that time was, you know, the tap got turned off. I went to, I just went right back. And this is the nice thing about being at a smaller company. I went right back to the drawing board. I looked at, cause we were still selling flowers, right? right. We're just not selling as many people are still buying. And so in the beginning, when everything turned off and everybody was like going to produce and stuff, sure, our sales tanked, but there were still flowers going through the register. So those top five items in cut flowers, I kept buying those. Right. And I kept buying the top three plant items and I kept pre-made arrangements. I just scaled way, way, way back. down to just the nucleus of what we were doing. That yeah. way, all of my vendors got something. They still got POs from us, even though they weren't great. You know, some of the POs I, were, I was cutting was $800. It was not, you know, it wasn't great. But that vendor was getting a PO. And, you know, it's just like with anything. You can't just turn off the tap and then suddenly... Just before Easter, when they decided, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's all better now. Surprise, we're here. Suddenly, everybody wants to turn the tap back on, think that just everything's just going to keep flowing. And it doesn't work that way. No way. People have stopped planting. They've stopped harvesting. They stopped doing all that stuff. So by me just keeping a little bit of a trickle going, I kept myself 
at a good place in the line when things when things turned on, you know. And I, yeah. just, I just kept it going. But it was nice because I know in a corporate entity, it would have been a little different. It's a little more difficult to do that because you've got, you know, a thicker chain of command to work with. You know, I was like, I'm like, I pre-order all my product. We don't do, we don't, we don't buy and hold. So right. I pre-order my product. So it's like coming in on Tuesday and going out on Wednesday. So right. I had everything sort of synced up to the point where I could order on Monday for what was going to arrive on Tuesday. And then it's going to the stores on Wednesday. Then I'm looking at the sales on Thursday and, you know, it was really, really cycling through yeah. going because I just took over all the ordering for the stores and it was all data driven. You know, that's, I, I will say that that's one thing that I think that my industry in particular, you know, people like to look at the flowers and say, Oh, you have such a nice job. It's so pretty. It must be so fun. And blah, blah. It is a, it's a business data, yeah. data. And so as long as I stuck with the data, I think that um, we managed through it really, really well, but watching the damage that all of this has done to the supply chain. And even now we're still feeling the effects. You know, you can look in some stores and you can see really, really small plants on the, um, you know, on the racks and stuff. And, and I was frustrated by that for so long because I really felt like, you know, what's going on now is everybody buying and you're just taking it off the racks right. and they're, and they said, yes, there's just nothing, you know, right. stop growing. We stopped growing. So now we've got smaller plants. And so it's taken up until now to start seeing sort of normal sized things and normal. that's interesting. That's yeah. an interesting perspective. I didn't think, I didn't think about that, but that's true. And, and yeah. to your point too, you know, if, if you're in South America doing flowers and you all of a sudden get the spigot turned off, I mean, it's just not like you can call yeah. the airlines and say, I need the space. They're going to fill the space. There's all these moving parts. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said a little bit, I, I want to kind of keep on the show. I mean, obviously we're talking about mother's day. It's coming. It's a big to do. Right. Um, and, I want to talk a little bit about how you prepare for a holiday like this, right? Because I'm assuming it's got to be a lot similar to what the produce industry is yeah. because you guys are kind of at times you're sitting in the same room, you're having some of the same dialogue, you're kind of top to topping across the, you know, across the office, I would imagine. So, I mean, do you, are you working super far in advance? Are you laying out programs? Are you writing contracts? Are you sitting there going, Hey, it's, it's February and I'm doing, you know, my Thanksgiving ordering now or my thought <laughs> process, you know, planogram, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, it's not that far out for me. I've never really been that way, which causes everybody around me stress. But, you know, right. um, it's just I'm more comfortable working under an extreme deadline. Um, there's some forecasting that I do. There's a lot of things that I book year after year after year, and I will book them for the following year, immediately following a year. So mm. things like for us, Day of the Dead is really big and, you know, sure. obviously, you know, all these other things. But so some of those commodity items I book right after the holiday for the following year. And then they just know it, it makes it so much easier. Then when it comes up, they just don't bug me until everything, until the crop's coming up. And then they say, here you go. You know, this is what your numbers are. And then I start breaking it out. And, Got you it. know, I'm a very data-driven person. Um, it is one of the ways that I've always fought for my space within floral, you know, is because, you know, you just show them the data and then, you know, they can't argue with your footprint. So, um, so that's that kind of forecasting. Yes. But then also, you know, I, you know, I've got my whole forecast. I've got my whole, you know, order guide laid out. I really give a suggested order to the stores because again, data, you know, I have access to more data than the stores do. And I break it all out and I give it to them. And, um, <clears throat> and then the supervisors take a look at that because they know better specifically their stores sort of 
Sure. You know, we can take 10 more of this or that and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there is, there's a lot of forecasting that goes into it, but the actual, you know, no matter how you slice it, these floral holidays are always a mad rush at the end. Oh yeah. You know? But by the time that the customer is thinking, oh, when was Mother's Day? I'm already, I got my feet up on the couch and I'm, you know, I'm. Yeah, you're done. You're done with it. You don't care. You don't care. I'm over it. I'm over Mother's Day and it hadn't got here yet. But I will say this for Vallarta, you know, the stats that you said earlier, you know, for Vallarta, Vallarta is um, Mother's Day is our largest holiday. Really? Yeah. There's two holidays. We have traditional. We have American Uh, uh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Day, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, think, yeah, true. I didn't, yeah, 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 yeah. With, with both of those, we do double what we do at Valentine's Day. That's unbelievable. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Do, do the do, do flowers, do, do, similar to like what uh, fruit and vegetables do or coffee or any kind of commodity type deal, do, do, do they have commodity price swings? I mean, do they have, you know, $10 today, but then it rained and now all of a sudden it's $57 type of deal or is it fairly steady? It's fairly steady. I, yeah, say, I kind of I, you know, I say yes ish because there are well, some sure. that will change things, but um, but for the most part, it's not that crazy pricing that happens in produce. You know, yesterday it can be twelve dollars and tomorrow's twenty-five. So correct. You know, there's huge fluctuations according to whether a crop failed, whether this, whether that. What happens to us is is that when those commodity shifts happen, mm-hmm. is is that like the bigger retailers will get their stuff and we just won't get ours. Like that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of right. how it sort of works out. They don't. They don't sort of play a pricing game. They just sort of fill the orders that they can fill, you know, which yeah, is why I work with the same vendors over and over and over. Well, that's typical produce, produce plays by the same rule book at times, yeah. right? The market yeah, gets yeah. good. It's, it always seems like the guy that's paying the top of the market finds supply when they, you know, <laughs> the guy that you, the guy that loves you every day seems to dwindle away yes. in the background. Yeah, I know. I've that, yeah. that game's that game is that's like that shell game you see. It's like it's like the three card game you see three on the streets. Party, yeah. yeah, in New York, where it's just like you know, yeah. find it. It's like, yeah, no, I totally get it. How many so because of you know, because you're a grocery store, right? And um impulse is a big part of the shopping experience in this country. Hundred percent. I mean, you can't walk through a store and not look at the schematics of a store and go, that's designed for impulse, that's designed for impulse. So how many flower purchases are impulse buys at the store, do you think? Well, I will say, um, I will say in general, in any floral department, it's got to be high 80s. You know, yeah, um, just, I wasn't going to say that high, but I was going to get up there. Because, you know, there's gentlemen in our company who always says this, and I love it. He says flowers are never on the list. Right. So when you go with the shopping list, you're never going to have like buy a bouquet of flowers or buy, you know, buy a plant or any of that stuff. So most of those most of those uh, purchases are impulse. But after you've given the customer good product time after time, after time, after time, you know, your percentage of impulse will go down and a lot of just reoccurring, you become like their destination for flowers for them. Yeah. Well, that's what I was leaning into because that's kind of where I wanted to go because, because in fact, you're so consistent in what you do and they're going to buy milk and they're going to do other stuff. And you're right. It's not going to be on the list. And a lot of times it's probably some guy that's in trouble anyways, trying to kiss a little ass. We know how that game, (laughs) we know how that game works. I mean, I'm I'm a guy, I can talk about that game, but you know, it does all of a sudden take that impulse or, you know, for quote unquote air quote impulse, right. Uh, Purchase and turns it really into a planned opportunity. So if I'm hearing you correctly, that's what's ending up happening. You're getting that, you know, that impulse, that, that one-time buy turns into a lifelong customer 
based probably upon the consistency. Certainly has to do with the quality of the source because I mean your flower department's pretty damn nice. Absolutely, and and you know during COVID we really had a golden opportunity. You know people were at home and they started buying flowers for themselves. Plants went through the roof. Everything yeah. went crazy. And and you know I said it then. Uh, you know and I'll say it again. Like during that time, quality was probably the most important part of the equation. Because even even the price wasn't as important as the quality. You have to teach people because they're sitting at home. And for the first time, that gift of flowers or the flowers they bought themselves or whatever, mm-hmm. they're able to see it when they get it. And every single day. And day. That's die. a good point. Yeah, and that's a good point. It bloom and go through the whole process and you get them quality. They're going to get a week, two weeks out of that bouquet and of course, their plant, they're going to lovingly take care of it and see it grow and all that stuff. If you're out there hawking superior, um, sub, you know, uh, yeah. subprime substandard product, product. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're if you're out there hawking that you're not you're not going to survive that. So I think that we did a really, really good job during that as well. You know, and we tried really hard to have a lid on our highest price. Commodities were so expensive during then. It was just ridiculous. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well. Um, you got to be sensitive in some manners, but yeah, we, uh, we really, um, our focus, our particular focus, price is important, but it is just never as important as quality. We don't I, have the cheapest roses. We don't, but I can guarantee you we have the best. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've said this and I've cut my teeth on this expression. Somebody taught me this a thousand years ago when I started the business that people will long forget your price, but they will always remember your quality. Boom, period. When it comes to this business. Especially with with like a um, with a floral purchase, it's not something, it's something with sort of an intangible volume, right? Or Mm. value. So you're buying something, you're going, God, $15. Do I want to do that? Do I not want to do that? If you take it home and you get two days out of that, you most customers, 90% of customers who get bad product do not complain, but they will never buy again. Buy it again, right? And that's yeah. worse. Never. And they will tell their friends. Yeah. And it's period. And it's just, it's the way that human nature is. So it's very, very important that you're offering that quality product because if they take it home and they get two weeks out of it or they get seven days out of it, same thing. They're, they may not tell you, but they'll tell their friends and they yeah. will constantly in their brain say, you know what, this other place may be cheaper, but this is better. Yeah, and well, that, and, that's where you want to be. And you throw social media behind that. And all of a sudden the world is now your, you know, yeah. your, your poster child for, for yeah. bitching and complaining yeah. about anything. Yeah. yeah. Something I get, uh, again, going to do my research a little bit. I thought this was interesting that men spend around $95 annually <laughs> on flowers while women only spend about $65 annually on flowers. Any thoughts about that? Any reason? I mean, other I than the guys getting in trouble. Thoughts on that. First of all, I think that you know, a lot of us, we think that flowers are a frivolous buy. And so we won't invest that in ourselves, you know, and also that feeling when you get a gift, when you get a gift of flowers and, and you have it there and you see it every day, like that's such a wonderful feeling. And I think that men know that. <laughs> so like, there's no problem with our clientele, with our customers. I love our customers. 90% of the time, Fridays, our, our sales always go up and it's the guy coming home from work and he's always buying a, a bouquet for his wife. I will say the Latin customer uh, really, really buys an extremely higher amount of flowers than than uh, other ethnicities, I would That's say. So, yeah. 
It, Interesting. It really is. It's really built into the Latin culture, and I appreciate that so much. I just think it's so beautiful. Well, you lead with love. It starts, you know, lead with love. Yes. It makes for a better weekend, right? Yes. You know, you're always taking a bouquet to your mom or to the cemetery or for sure. your state or, you know, home to your girlfriend. There's always flowers. Always, always, always flowers. I really yeah. love that. I love that. No, I think it's great. You know, I, I want to get into this a little bit. We, we, you have a, I mean, there's a gazillion things that you could put in a floral apartment. I mean, a gazillion. I don't even know if that's a real number, but there's a gazillion. So how do you like, and, and you know, kind of coming into that that dollar amount and, and what the impulse is and that, how do you select what to put in there? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, is it, is it really worthwhile putting a cactus with a little dog in the pot? I mean, is this, yeah. you know, I mean, some of these crazy. Yeah. So how do you, how do you go through the process of like what it, works? You know, it, it it's not always, it's not always perfect, right? You know, I'm just a human and I'm trying to forecast what people will like, right? So, um, so there's a part of it, you know, there is, you know, obviously data driven stuff, we know year over year, certain items sell. And what we're looking for is we're looking for the current container. So mm. we know every year that succulents sell in the summer, people love succulents, you can get you can get an ocean of succulents in a million different colors and you can get the hottest and greatest and whatever. But what that none of that really matters. It's the pot. You know, people oh, yeah. that pot because you we're selling to a finite amount of customers. Our, the customers I'm selling to shop at, at, at Vallarta every week. Right. So I can't carry the same thing over and over and over. They already have that. So you have to kind of keep it current and you have to keep it changing. But you also might... The hardest thing for me to do is restraint. You have to, at some point, you have to say, I can't have everything. So yeah. what am I going to focus? What am I going to focus on? You know, because yeah. you look at the set behind you and that's, that's a perfect selection. But then if I change into something else and you have one pot left of one of those, and then you have another, right. pot, you know, and pretty soon it can get really, really messy, but yeah, it can get a little wonky. Most of my um, most of my decisions are based on what a look, what I want a floral department to look like. And so, you know, if we've got a long stretch because there's been lots of them where there's no blooming available and we are over skewed on green plants, I will pick out one or two blooming items that I'm being offered and I'll go heavy on those you know, just to get that pop of color to make it not look just like a, a jungle or, or any of those things. But you know, most of most of my purchasing decisions have to do with sort of what it looks like the trend is moving towards in the sure. future, and what sort of look I want, because there's times when I want the look that's behind you, which is very clean and very edited. And then there's other times during, you know, during summer and during spring that I want it colorful and bright, and I want everything to pop. And then you know, you move into Valentine's Day, you want things to be more edited and more towards, you know, the classy reds and pinks. And this is great. I don't think there's people, you know, there's people on the other end of this podcast around the world right now are going, I didn't know that. I didn't think like that. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. No, truthfully. I mean, it, you know, it's a great, it's, it's like merchandising 101. There's no two ways but, about know, it. It's, it's all a partnership too. Like I said, sure. You know, I sit at a desk. My tenure is 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 looking at the data, moving the product through. But I have amazing merchandisers, right? You know, and we, and we create a plan surrounding it. We create like a whole ad display surrounding that. And what do we want that to look like? It's not just random items. It's like, what do we want that display to look like? And then when we move out of that and move into something else, we kind of want the new product to sort of tie into the old ad product because we have to sell through the ad product as well. Sure. We don't want it to look like, 
we're going from green into, you know, suddenly we're doing purple, you know, right, you, right, just, right. you need to somehow make it all, all work. And it's just a constant flow, constant flow. And well, it, it, it takes the whole team. It's not just me for sure. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. This episode is sponsored by Shift Creative. Shift Creative brings a fresh approach to design and marketing. Shift's team of expert designers and strategists create content that connects and engages. Our clients are a collaborative part of our process, working directly with the creative team to build their award-winning projects. Specializing in branding, messaging, packaging, marketing, and websites with decades of experience serving the food, agricultural, service, and tech industries, Shift can help your brand to tell its story. Visit StartShifting.com to get started. Make a difference with your marketing. Freshen up with Shift Creative. Well, you set me, you set me, you threw me a softball for my next question. I couldn't tee that up any better. I could, but you know, some of the stats, again, I got into this. It's like really surprising. Some of the stuff that I, that I peel back, maybe I've heard it before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. It was like, holy mackerel. That's uh, They talk about floor departments, you know, in the flower business have as high as a 70% margin out there. I mean, it's a pretty kick-ass business, but just leaving it at that. I'm not asking another question. I'm just leaving it at that. I'm making a statement, not a question. So with that being said, though, and I think this, you brought this up a little bit earlier, and I, I, I was holding off on it a little bit, but I want to get into it now because I think this is a really interesting question to throw at you. Um, you know, with the, with the margins calculated down to the square inch in a grocery store, let's be honest, it is. How do you manage floor space? And more importantly, how much pressure do you receive from other departments that want to steal your space away from you? Yeah, that's a hard one. You know, Let's you hear the baggage. The Give me the baggage, Paige. Pick for fun. Here we go. It's your constant battle, right? When you're at store level and you're trying to just protect your space, like, no, you can't have this when you're trying to do that. And you've got a store director that's saying to you, yeah, but I really need to put a beer stack right here. I really need to do a pallet drop of water right here. That's where I always go back to data. Like when the girls tell me like, hey, I'm having some pushback and I need some, it's like, okay, well, let's run the data. Like how much do... How much do we sell of that display in a week versus how much dollar water are we going to sell? So right. we, we need to look at that. If we sell that entire pallet, is that worth losing, you know, the four feet you just lost? You know, so so those are I, I rely heavily on data. I think that that really um, it solves all of the um, all the fights. Because- I would argue. Because otherwise people, you know, what they're left defending is like, well, I feel like. And like, okay, well, you know, you can feel that way, but this is what the data says. So yeah, well, well, and and it throws in another question too. I'm gonna come back to it's like because there was a moment, I think, or a process. You've been in the business a long time, so you can reflect back on you know on your tenure, and maybe this fits, or maybe it doesn't fit. But there was a point where the floor department was just there, right? It was just there. It was a byproduct. It was what it was. Blah 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 blah. But. There was a point in the last however many years, wherever it was, that the retailers that, the, that you know, the, the mothership upstairs recognized the benefit of having a floor department located in the store and what that means. And we talk about margin dollar, yeah. we talk about fighting for space. When did retailers kind of clue in like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> we got to get a little smarter about this? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that, you know, um, I think that Alpha Beta was like the first to get the cases, you know, started just and all they did was like pre-done bouquets. And that was sure. it. they did sort of you know, sort of what we would call today is like a plant stand store. 
you know, you would have just a, a cooler with pre-made bouquets and then you have plants next to it. Very easy to maintain all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But nobody was really manning departments. And that was like 89, 90, I want to say. Nobody so, was really manning part, uh-uh. departments until like 10, 15 years later. Then they started to get this idea like, you know, well, there's Mother's Day and then there's Valentine's Day. And what if we put a desk and what if they could design? And you started with that whole thing. If ever in the industry, which is my goal, if ever in the industry, we're able to get ourselves to the level of of, uh, creation that flower shops have within our grocery stores, we will have the magic, you know, that that that's a secret sauce. Yeah, that is the secret sauce, because what always ends up happening is, is that labor becomes this discussion, you know, down the road. And it's like, how do we shave labor? How do we shave a little more? Let's get pre-made arrangements. Let's get this. And that's that's ultimately what sort of collapses a floral department is, is that you start trying to take away rather than invest. Invest. Yeah. Well, obviously, with those in what you're doing and the success that you're seeing, to me, I see VR to, you know, investing in the floral department. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, not very up and coming. I would say that. Yeah, I would say so too, based on what I see. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I my goal really is to get to the point uh, where we can do events. Um, uh, again, cool. our clientele, our customer, the culture within our stores, like uh, people really are event driven. You know, you've got quinceañeras and you've Absolutely. got Cinco de Mayo and you've got all these things. There's constantly a celebration going on. And so what I want is I want for the floral department to become a part of that. You know, I want to yeah. get more to that. So, I love that. And, and, and I think we can do it. You know, when you think about being able to do somebody's quinceanera in a way that they want to do it, you know, with the food and the flowers and the fixtures, be able to do that and walk in and help somebody with their event and then retreat and, and allow them to enjoy that. That's that's really something as I consider very high level. I would like. Yeah, to. I do too. I, I think that's incredibly cool. Well, you know, you, you said something, and I'm going to lead with this. You, you talked about people think flowers are a frivolous buy, and I, I caught that, and I, I I actually jotted it down, and I want to add it to what I want to say next. And I gave a speech a while back, and I brought this stat up, and and I was talking to produce and floral, and I found this. I thought it was really interesting, and I want to throw this at you, give you this stat, and then I'm going to ask you a follow up question to it, but. Barcelona Institute of Global Health, Colorado State University, in collaboration with the World Health Organization, specifically, the researchers found this stat, that for every 10% increase in vegetation within 1,600 feet of your home, your probability of death decreases by 4%. (laughs) So my question to you with that statement, and and, and going back to what you said, but my question for you is, why do flowers matter? God, there's so much with that. There's a, there's a ton of studies out there that talk about, you know, um, beautiful surroundings, pleasant smells, vibrant colors, all of that. It reduces your blood pressure. It reduces stress. It, you know, it, it increases your mental health that really, there's so much surrounding that. And so I think when you talk about the stat of like, of, of um, people living longer, I, I kind of laugh about that. I think that it's because we, um, me, myself, I have four plants that that barely survive in my house because I'm never home. But, you know, um, but I take care of them and I feel I, I feel obligated to them. They're this living being that I'm wanting to take care of. And, you know, I think that part of that whole living longer is that whole idea of like, as long as we have things to take care of and as mm. long as we have things to sort of nourish and to, you know, and to help grow 
that really it, it really helps us to stay alive like that's the point of life right the whole so. point of life is like is is reaching out to other things other living beings and like you know uh, you know, not to get too sappy, but, you know, my stepfather always says, you know, we're all just kids walking each other home. And, uh, and I really, I really believe that. I think that it's all, there's this connectiveness that we all have and, and, you know, plants and flowers and, and all of that are part of that, you know, um, you know, I'm really into succulents. So there's nothing more exciting than, than, than propagating a succulent from a succulent leaf, you know, the excitement of watching it turn into an actual size. Sure. That whole process is, is really invigorating. You know, you think, look what I did. <laughs> I love it. I, 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 that's, I mean, that's a drop the Sharpie comment right there. I think it's great. I, you, I love that, that the way you frame, frame that up, that, that, you know, we're all a part of mother nature. We're all a part of nature some way or another, you know, how, whatever you want to believe is great. But I mean, at the end of the day, think facts are what facts are. And science is what science is. And um, I think it's really important that we recognize that our connection to, you know, Mother Earth and this planet is far greater than jumping in our cars and, you know, buying a coffee at Starbucks. There's a lot more going on than just that. And I think it's just when you t take a step back and you have an opportunity to go in the grocery store and you get to see the floral department, I hope people have a chance to stop for just a moment, reflect on some of the things you just shared, kind of what we talked about. Like, oh, I get that now. That is an important part. That is something that... You know what? A, a single cut rose in your house can make a whole oh. lot of difference in everything, right? Or just whatever it might be, whatever your whatever. Some of those you know. varieties, good lord, get yourself roses. Get yourself some of our roses. I'm telling you, some of those varieties, you put them in a vase and you watch them bloom. I just love it. I yeah. just love it. It's powerful. It's powerful to remember all that. And flowers, I think, take us right back to that. And if putting more vegetation around people's homes, make yeah. a better planet, make people happier. And to your point drive purpose come on kids it's a flower let's make it happen we could use yeah. more flowers in the world hey you want to fix yeah. the climate plant more stuff right yes <laughs> i mean yes. You, can, you can talk about all these solutions that we're working on but you know common sense says plant more trees plant more plant more things that'll help exactly right? so what's next for you guys anything exciting coming up for the rest of the year for you guys yeah, you know what it, it, it's good for us right now we're, like i said we're investing a whole lot in training right now so um so it's really nice mother's day is kind of the the book end to the major holidays, you know, they start again in the fall, but for sure. us, graduation season is huge. It is a huge, huge um, time for us. So we're going to roll into that, but then we have a couple months where I get to just plan and that's nice. going to be a real, real, um, it's going to be a good year this year, because like I said, I have a really nice team this year and we're really going to, um, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to come next from everybody's brain. So I love it. Well, congratulations on your success. Like I said, if you if you're in Southern California, you probably shop there already. If you're visiting Southern California and you're out doing retail check, whatever the case may be, it is a must stop. You got to go check it out. I highly recommend go for lunch. Trust me, you'll be fine. It's a great decision. <laughs> Trust me, go for lunch. You'll be very happy with that choice. It's a fun shop to be at. It's a fun store to shop at. And thank you very much for being here. This was really a cool conversation. Thank you. I really appreciate this. It was fun. Yes. Well, thank you. See, you said it at the end. That's all that matters. We're out of here, kids. I'm not saying another damn word. I ain't screwing this up. But seriously, Paige, I really appreciate you being here. And thanks for hanging out with me. I really, it means a lot to me to have this conversation because we don't have it enough. And we don't, you know, you're not the stepchild. Quite frankly, you guys are kicking yeah. in some doors and people need to pay attention. It's yeah, a big I'll part of today's you retail wait. world. You just wait. This is like, <clears throat> I figure I got another 14 years left before I feel like I want to, I want to do something different. But there you uh, go. 
but I 100%, I plan on making Vallarta really the, the premier and the destination to go to when you need flowers. Gauntlet thrown down, kids. There it is. You heard it right there. You can't take it back. You said it's recorded. It's done. Go Vallarta, they're going to kick in flower doors. Be ready, everybody. Uh, thanks again for being here, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It was certainly one that was needed to happen. What a great time of the year to do it with Mother's Day and spring and things popping up all over this country in your gardens and your trees and your backyard and your parks, wherever it might be. So take advantage of Mother Nature. She's here for your enjoyment. Look at her a little bit harder. You might find something you like and something may inspire you, just like buying flowers at the Arkhamite. So thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Don't forget to check us out on social media, TLC underscore conversations. We're there because that's where all the cool kids are, Paige. That's why I'm on social media, just to be cool. I am like a Kardashian. That's the way I look every day. We got him almost like Kim, but not. Yeah, <laughs> except for the money. Anyways, thanks for being here, everybody. Take care of each other. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's incredibly important. Buy somebody some flowers. Do something nice for somebody. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.